Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Good morning, Beverly. How are you? I'm doing great, Jenny. How are you? I am awesome, but I can see by your background that you were somewhere else, probably fabulous. <laughs> yeah, Jim and I went up to Cape Cod for basically a long weekend, Thursday through Monday. Yeah, long weekend. And um, it's been great. The first day it was pouring rain, but since then it's been beautiful. It looks very different than I thought it would look. I pictured... Um, I didn't, it, it has a lot of trees and stuff. And I pictured it to kind of be like sand swept the whole place, but it's, it's really not. Um, oh, that's wild. That is definitely what I would have pictured. I assume all you do is eat lobster and probably sit in white Adirondack chairs. <laughs> yeah, there's some blue Adirondack chairs in the backyard. Um, <laughs> and what's very cool is just behind our backyard is a cemetery, which makes oh Jim I love really cemeteries happy. yeah and we came here because the Edward Gorey house is in Cape Cod do you know oh, Edward I Gorey know. I of course I do yeah everybody so Jim, literally everybody does okay now, now it's going to turn out there's someone who's never even heard of him but but they're wrong they've definitely yeah. heard of him even if they don't know it <laughs> yes so we went to visit the Edward Gorey house um, and it's, it is a, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it, he was an interesting, interesting man. And, um, so that's what we did the first day when it was raining anyway. And we also went and looked at different shops and stuff around. And then, um, yeah. So today we have a, I think it's an oyster fest or a seafood fest that we're going to. I mean, and, that does sound like something that would happen in Cape Cod. Yeah. I right. Think- I think the only other things I really know about Cape Cod is that it always feels to me like there should be cozy mysteries happening around you. (laughs) You There might be, there might be, we're just too (laughs) clueless. Um, Yeah. There's also a lot of cranberry things. That I had not known. That's interesting. Yeah. Like there's, you know, the, like, I think ocean spray or something supposed to be from here. Like the cranberry bogs, you know. So. Yeah, I was thinking they must have cranberry bogs, and I hadn't really considered whether or not there were cranberry bogs, honestly, in the United States. That just had <laughs> not occurred to me. So, so good to know. Good to know. Um, I I can only, I mean, for me, ocean spray is really just associated with being terribly ill and being forced, forced to drink it by parents. So I, I may not be the right person to properly appreciate um, a cranberry-themed well, event. An <laughs> odd thing was our Airbnb host left us chocolate-covered cranberries. Okay. That, that just sounds like a strange kind of candy. Um, I mean, I wouldn't call it candy. I, I would think <laughs> that's maybe a way to make the medicine go down. Although, weirdly, I like craisins, which I think are just cranberries that are pretending to be raisins. Right. Those... I actually have only ever used on salad. Well, I mean, that is the only use for them, but to be fair, <laughs> I, I think that's the only use for raisins as well. 
Um, although I remember them being used as sort of a torture device as children. They had those little red boxes and you'd be like, can I have a snack? And someone would give you this inedible box of clumped together raisin goo. And it was, it was just the worst. It's like, no, thank you. I'll just eat the worms out here. I'm fine. <laughs> so I have well, strong anyways. opinions. <laughs> We have a last minute addition, additional sponsor this month. Oh, that's really exciting. Tell me more. Yes. So Needle Sharp is a company that makes kits for sewing and they have made this mahogany turban kit, which is a kit that they would like. It's actually got enough fabric to make two hats and you can keep one of the hats and donate the other, or you could donate both. Anyways, this is, um, they would like to do this because, um, and, and these, these hats are to be donated for folks with cancer. And this is needle sharp has a, um, has personal experience with this. And so, um, it'll be lovely if, if folks wanted to participate in that and, um, they've, they've offered to donate one of these kits for free to our listeners. And I think everybody should go check it out because there's all sorts of kits in there, like for other things, not just hats, like bigger, bigger things to do as well. That's really neat. That's really neat. And the pictures are really cute. They remind me of the turbans that my grandmother Evelyn wore um, when she lost her hair after chemotherapy. They were something that um, she experienced breast cancer and had these really adorable turbans. She lived in the Keys in Florida. And so all of hers were sort of um, wax resist painted um, Mm. Caribbean and South Florida colors, right? So really bright sort of florals and other things. And they were, they were the neatest, neatest little hats. So that's really great. We also, of course, continue to have taylor.heart.fabrics, that $100 gift certificate for one lucky winner this month. Um, I know that there, uh, I've, I've been reading people's reviews of a red stretch twill that they have. And there are other really amazing fabrics on their site. So I recommend going and checking it out. And then finally, Jenny is donating two yards of a pink and white and blue moth design created by a non-binary trans mask artist in cotton knit. And that's lovely design and folks could make t-shirt out of that um some folks might be able to make a dress out of that um so yeah yeah it's one of my favorites and the weight of the fabric is sort of a a slightly heavier cotton knit that i'm used to seeing and i really i i appreciate the weight of the fabric to me it just feels um more luxurious because it's it's a something between a mid and uh, a mid heavy sort of in that range. And I just, I love the weight of that. And I'm really excited to be able to share um, this design with more folks. So that's also uh, exciting. But what have you been up to Jenny? Oh my God. All I do is make stamps now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure how that fits into my sewing life, except I am. I'm a hundred percent sure because I make little patches and then I put them on things. I'm so excited. So it turns out carving rubber stamps is something literally anyone can do because I can do it. (laughs) And, And I am not an artist in the sense of being able to draw things. I don't have, I have okay handwriting, but I don't have great handwriting. I'm not a calligrapher, any of that junk. 
And I literally, all I do is I take, I take a Sharpie and I write on my stamp and sometimes I write it the wrong way and have to turn the stamp over and write it the correct way on the other side. And then I just carve it out using these cute little tools I have. And I'm not careful about it. I'm not trying very hard. I'm just like, whatever, it'll look right when I'm done. And it mostly does. And I'm really, 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 really enjoying it. Big takeaways. Always remember to write backwards. You know what I think is funny? The example you just showed me that was backwards. I mean, honestly, uh-huh. the only thing backwards is the exclamation point because the word was yay. So it's it true, all- but I've got nope here. And of course, <laughs> I've been doing whole phrases. The one that um, I did most recently that I really enjoyed sort of leads into another thing I've been doing. Um, or maybe I'll do it the reverse. But anyway, I'm I'm taking an internet class, an Instagram class about how to be more Instagrammy. And during our talk this last week, Somebody was saying something about enjoying, not being sure how to, how to just do it, how to just be like, I'm just going to put that out there, even though it's not perfect. It's not as curated or it's not as edited as I would like it to be. And I was explaining sort of my path to being able to dance oftentimes in front of people (laughs) in order to get videos for for my Instagram because I I'm enjoying it. And part of what I, part of what came up during that was the concept that perfection is not my purpose. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm doing. I'm modeling something. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just out there doing it because if one old fat lady can dance in the street or at a restaurant or somewhere else to get, you know, a video in a public viewing space and then put it on a public platform, then maybe other fat old women can feel like that's a thing they can do. And someone really fell for that concept of in that meeting of perfection is not my purpose. So I carved out a very imperfect (laughs) perfection is not my purpose stamp. And it was, it was just really fun to see that happen, right. Mm -hmm. To just be able to take a concept and go, Oh, I could do that instead of my normal path, which would be, Oh, I wonder what someone else would charge me to make that. Yeah. At which point it would probably genuinely have been better than what I made, um, but, but maybe less, less accurate to the sentiment. Right. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, and of course, I've got this whole, whole thing upcoming where I'm making bags for um, craft chairs this fall or this winter season. And so I'm, I'm, I've made a bunch of stamps to go ahead and put on those. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I do look forward to getting back to doing a little bit more sewing right now. It's really just additional little iterations of that self-dressed drafted dress that I've been working on. And I'm not always getting pictures up of them. They're more of a, I'm tweaking here and there, Yeah, um, which is, is fine. But I also have to like my illustrator class, I'm taking that self-drafted pattern class. Well, not self-drafted. Anyway, I'm taking a class on pattern drafting. Yes. And I am far enough along to now realize that I really need to learn illustrator in in person with someone. That, That the internet, I'm sure is really great for it. There's lots of videos out there, but there's a reason that I don't do video learning for things like this. And it, it turns out that's because I need someone to go, no, 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 click there or Mm. to be showing me and then me doing it immediately after, which is not the same exactly as a video, right? Where where you watch the video and you see somebody. So in this case, it's 
I'm going to use the words wrong. So illustrator heads, please don't come after me, but like you're putting an anchor point on something Mm -hmm. and then that creates a handle that you can use to make a curve. So like if you were going to do an arm sigh, or in this case, um, outline a banana, um, you, (laughs) you would create the anchor point and use the handle to make the curve do something. Mm -hmm. And I've spent like three hours doing this and I still can't predictably tell you what I'm supposed to do to make that curve. Like I can get to the curve. Right. But it's just me going, well, if I move it here, well, nope, that didn't do it. What if I, nope, didn't do it. What if, and then just moving my mouse a little bit and being like, I wonder what happens next. (laughs) And none of it is penetrating in a way that tells me, well, when you've got this handle, moving it further out makes a shallower curve or a steeper curve, whichever one it might do, if it does either of those things. And and right. stuff like that. So I'm finding there's just a place where I could use more interactivity. Mm-hmm. And there's an opportunity weekly for office hours to pop in and, and sort of talk through some of the issues. But but I think I need more hand-holding than it feels like this does for that portion of what we're doing. I see. Um, next up for me is, well, continuing to fucking try and outline that banana. Um, but other than, cause that's like one of the steps for learning how to use curves. It's a reasonable sure. step. It's an interesting shape. It'll give you a lot of data. I just, yeah. ah, um, but next up after that is doing the series of 10,000 very specific measurements in order to create a button down shirt that fits me precisely. That's our, that's our first wow. craftable project, right? And so um, I haven't started the measurement part because I know I can't do that alone. And it doesn't feel like something where my husband is the best choice to help me with it. So I've got to try and catch my younger daughter in a friendly mood and convince her to come over and do the measurements because she's at least also a sewist. So there's yeah, she would know. know, Yeah. There, yeah. there's at least a chance she'll be able to take it seriously and help me get to what I need. And if not, I'll, I'll probably, um, put something out to one of the local sewing groups and see if I can't find someone who would like to, you know, help me out with that for some reasonable sum of cash. So anyway, that's mostly what I'm doing. That's how about you? That's a lot. (laughs) Um, well, uh, in my creative hinderland class class, I think the last episode that we talked, I had just cut out all the pieces finally for the jacket that I, yeah. that we drafted from the hinterland dress. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to previous episodes, um, it's, a uh, the class is taking the hinterland dress as a base, sort of a, almost like a, a sloper kind of like that, oh, yeah. but, but it's not, it's not so fitted as that, but anyways, you, you use it as a base to make these other adju- adjustments and you really make a lot of adjustments in this class to where you're really, you really are drafting something that's not recognizable as the hinterland. And this jacket is like that. So I finished it. Finally, it is made from Merchant and Mills jacquard fabric in the colors that they, that, that Merchant and Mills calls it are quink. And Hardy Falls, which are <laughs> Nate. <laughs> no, no, say it again. <laughs> say it again. What's Quink. the first one? Quink. <laughs> I know. Okay, I, know. I love that. <laughs> Maybe that means navy blue in British English. I don't know, but that's what color it is navy. And the other one is olive. And I got both of those at Domesticity. 
I'm so proud of that jacket. Um, I've made three twalls to make that jacket. And um, it has, so we we took the hinterland dress, we added ease, um, added sleeve length, added style lines, which are actually pretty complicated to do. And then, um, and those sleeve, the style lines go like, it's uh, kind of color blocked over, there's a, over the sleeve and into the back and it all lines up perfect. And then um, the, uh, because this fabric is, is a bit bulkier, I surged and also makes a mess when you cut it. I surged all the sides <laughs> of it before I stitched it together. And so then I could open up the seams and, you know, have them be pressed open yeah. instead of together. Um, the next thing that we are doing in that class is a wrap dress and we have converted the hinterland into having raglan sleeves having um some uh gathering over the shoulders and then in the back and then extending making the sleeve wider at the bottom and then (laughs) making um also a little bit longer in the back so you know how so it's going to be gathered into a cuff and you know how um some things kind of it has a little looser in in the back yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, I, do. That, I like that look. Mm-hmm. So we learned how to do that. And then um, I made the first toile on that and I do not like the fit. Okay. So two things. Number one, I, 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 I don't love the design enough to really work on the fit that much more. Okay. <laughs> but there's one thing my teacher suggested, which is something I know which is just to throw it in the washing machine because yeah. that happens a lot to me where at the I almost never wear anything without washing it first because the ironing and everything during or pressing during the making right. stretches things out a bit. And so especially, I guess, on a wrap top, that would be that would probably make a, a big difference. So I'm going to do that. But I did like certain parts of the the dress a lot. Okay. I liked, um, I first just made a top for this for my first twelve, but, um, I did like, I did like the raglan sleeves. Um, it's a little, uh, they sort of de-emphasize your shoulders. And the interesting thing is, is because I have broad shoulders. So you'd think maybe I want to de-emphasize it, but I don't, I actually like my broad shoulders and I kind of prefer something that emphasizes my shoulders, but not okay. with big poof sleeves. But I, (laughs) I do like the, um, the, I I didn't make it as full as the rest of the class probably did. And so I do like the, the shoulders and I like the sleeves. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically just change it so that it has, it's cut on the fold in the front instead of two big triangles to make the wrap dress. So I'm just going to make it, you know, a, um, just regular wrap dress. dress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's up next for me. So like the Hope Woven dress by Styler. Yes. Yes. Very much like that. You're right. You're right. It is. Okay. No, that's awesome. That's really awesome. I, so every time you talk about the class, I think, oh, I'm going to need to take this class, (laughs) Um, which is hilarious to me, but I think it's going to, I think it's teaching different things than what I'm, what I'm going to catch out of the drafting class. Yeah, maybe. And it's very handholdy. 
And I'm also having my hand held. <laughs> yeah. And it, but it's not drafting on a computer, you know, so oh, well, you'll need true. both of those to do what you want to do. Um, this class is drafting on paper. Yeah. And that's sort of what I'm doing now. I'm actually really intrigued to find out what happens when I go to try and take this design that I already have and put it in the computer, right? Yeah. Like what that feels like or seems like, because that would imply that I could do this class on the computer too. Cause I would be starting with the pieces already in a pattern. That's true. That's true. That's true. That would be easier. Yeah. Except for the part where I still would have to learn illustrator, which has not been my favorite thing. Yeah. What's okay. up next in our, our, is it time for new patterns? It's time for new patterns. So this first one, I really like. It is from Pattern Emporium, and it is the Take the Ch Take the Chance tiered dress. And it's basically a shirt dress with two tiers. Very simple. Um, and it looks like, I don't know, is that a camp collar? That's I think that's a camp collar, too. Um, so it looks it like- It does look like a camp to me, yes. I think, basically, you could take the Gilbert top and chop it off a little bit and then add two tiers- and have this, but I just love, and I love the, um, the, the, the models that she has for it. Um, there's some just great examples of beautiful dresses. So, um, it is of course with pattern emporium, there's lots of choices. Um, there's long sleeves, there's a three quarter sleeve, there's short sleeves. You can have narrow short sleeves or wide short sleeves. <laughs> you can have a flounce sleeve. Um, you can have button up or plain in the front. You can have, um, you can do functional or fake buttons, which I guess you can do always. And you can go <laughs> everywhere from a mini to maxi length. And I think it's just, it looks really, I think it looks really good on all the people that they have, you know, modeling for it. I, I love it. I feel like tears are an unexpected skirt choice for a button-down shirt. I think so too. You know, it reminds me of a deer and doe pattern, which has still not been upgraded that I really love. And so I'm glad that they have that they've made this because um I think it's a good alternative to that. So awesome. It reminds me a little bit of the wilder gown as well, even though that doesn't have the buttons. Um, and it has because all tiered yeah. skirts make me immediately think of the wilder. Okay. Um, but I like this for the set in sleeves. Um, as yes. well. Yes. 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 Yeah. The wilder is a uh, raglan, right? Um, I think it's, I think of it as grown on, but I think you're right that it's raglan. Okay. Like it's been a while since I made one because so Friday pattern company, heaven love them. They, <sighs> the sizing and the ease are just so different from what I anticipate for my body. And it's not that they don't have a great range. They have an amazing range. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the designs aren't great. They're great. It's that when I go mentally to put them together, I am ex expecting a different outcome than the one that I get. And I have to readjust each time to thinking, you know what? I don't actually want 12 inches of ease at my chest. So I may have to resize this or whatever the real ease number is. But they always, it's different than I expect which is on me. I don't think it's them. I think their advertising and their measurements and all the descriptions are correct. I just, in my brain, um, I'm still sort of in a, 
a big four space where I'm expecting, I'm expecting things to have a different amount of ease and a different truthfulness in the measurements. And so I get, I get a little bit thrown off there. Um, so I haven't, I haven't made as many of them as I could. When I do, I usually make them out of a very, very, very lightweight silk because mm. I think that all that extra volume, I really like the way that looks. Well, I think that these, the examples that um, they've given for the pattern emporium pattern also are in pretty lightweight fabrics. It looks like rayon or something, or maybe yeah. silk, I don't know, but um, looks like something that would, it would also be nice in that um, mood fabrics, cotton voile. Yeah, I do love that. Yeah. I, you and know, pattern emporium of course is in Australia. So they're heading into s- spring and summer. Yeah. And I, I actually really appreciate that because I wear all seasons. Um, I wear spring and summer style things. So I, I love this part of the year where it's possible to get winter and fall styled items for our hemisphere, but I can still rely on our, our friends in the Southern hemisphere to provide patterns that I'll enjoy making even as I go into a snowy season. So, um, the next one that I'd, uh, I'd been looking forward to talking about is a seam work pattern called Ames or more catchily number 3187. <laughs> and this one has a max 64 inch hip, although I'm going to say it's actually, I think free because of the way that it's designed. Yes. It's a, um, it's a round yoke. Like what I think of as that, um, like artist smock or mm-hmm. um, tuxedo shirt from the seventies, sort of a yoke, mm-hmm. a, a curved upper one, and then gathering at um, the sleeves and all the way down under the chest seam, um, buttoning up the front. I'm going to use their words though, because they're better at it than I am. So it's okay. is a romantic oversized button up shirt with raglan sleeves and front and back gathers on the lined curved yoke. It features a band collar, elastic at the sleeve hem, and three eighths of an inch buttons all the way down the front. And <clears throat> I, I actually really love this. I think this is so cute and would be so amazing in a gauze or double gauze. Um, and yeah, and I think the volume, and if you're using a double gauze, which I find to be a little bit warm, with it being sleeves that come down to your wrists as well, I think this would be a warm but lightweight option. Yeah, that 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 that's a good point. I do think that with all of the gathering, it looks like it's heavily gathered. That you wouldn't yes. want something like, um, you know, like a even anything midweight. Even you'd want it no. to be a very lightweight fabric because otherwise you'd have, and the position of where those gathers are, I think it would be too heavy probably. It probably would be, although as soon as you say it, I think, I wonder how this would look in canvas, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure the answer is terrible. It doesn't make me not want to do it though. Um, Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I don't even know if you could gather that much of the canvas. I mean, that's possibly true. Although I I have gathered pretty extremely with canvas. (laughs) Oh, have you? Okay. Okay. (laughs) But I do, I do love this. And like I say, I think double gauze is the right answer. I have I think 15 yards of a white cotton double gauze waiting to be dyed and it might, might work up really nicely on this. Nice. Yeah. Okay. The next one we have, this is one you tested, isn't it? It is not. This is, is it's sleeveless princess seamed cousin. Oh, but it's, it's similar. 
It's very similar, but it isn't the same. Yeah. Okay. So this is the Jennifer Lauren handmade jade back wrap dress. And um, it's based on the classic apron styles of the 1950s. Jade features a fully lined sleeveless bodice with princess seam front shaping and darted back shaping finished with a V neckline. Yes. So it's got wide A-line skirt um, it, the, and it overlaps in the back. So it's a wrap, but it wraps up in the back. And I noticed... Yeah. That remember my my initial complaint when you did the previous one, which I don't even remember the name of, um, that it didn't that it tied all the way around the waist. It looks like one of these doesn't do that. So that's not true, but I appreciate that sentence. They or maybe it is true, but I don't think so. I think they both tie all the way around. And that's because you're looking at the back and the front of the dress in the images that I've shared. Oh, oh, oh. I know. Yes. I kept thinking, I'm like, why, how? Yeah. Because my thought was, it can't be reversible. What's happening here? And it's I see. because the head on the second illustration yeah. makes it feel like they could be forward with their hair over their face. Yeah. But when you get down to their feet. I see. I see. Yes. Okay. You're not used to seeing the picture of the back of the dress as the one on the left. Yes, that's also true. Yeah. Okay. So, and I wasn't even paying attention to their head or their feet. I was just looking at the dress. So I get it. And I was also going to complain that that is not a princess seam, but the- <laughs> yeah, no, that totally isn't because it's a dart. Um, but there okay. is a princess seam on the image that's intended to represent the front of the dress. Yes. And I, so I love this back wrap. Back wrap concept in part because as I mentioned on the last one I did which had grown on sleeves um I I have always wanted to have one of those apron style dresses that are featured in the Vogue vintage patterns and the Butterick vintage patterns but those end at like a 42 inch waist or a 40 inch waist and they're they're just that's too much I'm not going up eight inches it's too much and these um, these are very similar styles. They're clearly inspired by the same original types of dresses, and um, and they become accessible to someone up to a sixty four inch hip, as I recall. I'm just nice. trying to confirm that, but yeah, they they become accessible to a much higher size range, and I I love them. I think I think this is one that I declined to test because I didn't feel like I had time to fiddle with it. Yeah. And uh, now I'll end up purchasing it and trying to do it on my own, of course. Yeah. Uh, which should, you know, not not pose a big problem for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited by it because I do love it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really exciting to me. Now, the next one that we are featuring here is by Stay Stitch Pattern Company, and it is the September Sundress, which is a bat tied sundress. This is obviously going into the Northern Hemisphere's fall winter, maybe not as appropriate for us, but it's perfect for those in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, it is a, a dress that on the front is just a really basic sort of, um, like if you were, well, just a really basic sundress front, but the back of it has just, I, 
I have no words. I'm, I'm going to give it a go using their description. The September sundress and top features a corset, ce- uh, corset ceiling details, a soft sweetheart neckline, and an open back with ties and a gathered skirt or peplum. There is light boning in the sides for structure, and it comes in three legs, midi, short dress, and peplum, and up to a 64-inch hip. Now, I will say that this one is probably more challenging if you have a larger chest that requires some support. On the other hand, I bet you could build that support right into this, this <laughs> with the ties, because you could create a level of um, structure and, and pulling in that, that could let you maybe build some cups in to the front side of it. I just thought it was super cute. And I love anything that has a very open back like this that comes in a good size range because yeah. that is not as common as it should be. And have you ever done any work? I'm sure you have with boning in, in dresses. I have. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not horrifyingly difficult to do or anything because it's really just creating a little casing for it most of the time. Um, but, and this is not, it's not like it's a fully boned corset top, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a matter of trying to keep the sides from um, not behaving properly, given, <laughs> given that it's primarily held together by narrow ties. Um, yeah. <laughs> it looks like an adorable dress. I think it looks sweet as pie. And I don't know that it's going to be right for me. I've been um, really focused on functional clothing. And for me, this is more like fancy event or date night clothing. Mm-hmm. It's not something I would just wear to the grocery store, probably, because I would have to put some effort into containing my my chesticles in order to make that work. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know that it's right for me, but spiritually, it is definitely right for me. I, <laughs> I love it. Um, That's good. So the next one is actually kind of the opposite, which is a, a <laughs> coat and jacket. Um, the by hand London Narissa quilt quilted coat and jacket up to 68 inch hip. So I've gotten interested in this on a number of counts. First of all, okay. last week, the love to sew podcast had a, episode about making quilted garments it's totally worth listening to it had some information i didn't really think of like thing like there's ways that they tell you to cut out these pieces and everything and it's it's presuming you don't already have a quilt that you're working with or quilted fabric which i think is really interesting and i've never done that before so um so anyways, and then I, so I was listening to that. And then the next day, um, Domesticity, my local fabric store had a ad for a class on doing a hand quilted coat. I don't know which one it is. I think Maybe. it's the, I think it's the one that's recently been upgraded by a uh, grain line, uh, Tamarack maybe anyways. Um, so it's, I signed up for that class, which is coming up. I don't know, November or something. And it's four sessions that are three hours long each. So it's a a substantial class. But then I see this lovely jacket from By Hand London. Now I'm kind of like all over. It's a very simple looking. There's a coat. I really like the coat style. The the shorter style, one picture is of Elise Alexis' husband. He models for it. So it's you know, obviously a gender, genderless or gender more jacket. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I think it's a really cute and looks very, I don't know, easy to wear. Yeah, I, I think it is a really cute one. And I agree with you. It does. To me, it, it looks like a very easy to put together and wear thing. It reminds me very much of the um, Shoalhaven jacket, but also the Granger coat pattern from Munnet and Broad. If you need something with a slightly wider, um, wider size range, um, but only slightly, theirs goes up to 72. This goes to 68, which is really impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. It's one that I'd like to consider making. Um, but to me, it's one I, I think I'd enjoy doing out of maybe a heavy jacquard fabric instead of a quilted fabric, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sort of a sweater weight jacquard fabric, um, woven that I think might be a little bit fun there too. Yeah. Like your, uh, you, you had last time you showed for that. Yeah. Mood pattern. Exactly yeah, that like that, except that is definitely becoming a poncho. <laughs> um, but, but that concept I think would be really great for it. And I know core fabrics has recently had a bunch of jacquard woven cottons that I think would be really great for something like this. They so I've had a lot of those. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're just really lovely. Um, mm-hmm. just genuinely super duper lovely. We mentioned this last time, but the Curvy Pattern Database Contest is still going on right now. This is the hashtag Sewing CPD 2022, and it's hosted by the CurvyDatabase.com. And you can post anything that you make with a pattern that goes up to at least a 60-inch hip. Is that correct, Jenny? That is 100% correct. And um, Sarah has pulled together some really great prizes for this, including a baby lock sewing machine. That's awesome. I know. I think it's amazing. Um, and of course, it's it's a really great database for finding those patterns that have those extended sizing options. Yes. And as um, as a fat sewist, I really appreciate it when people use and pay for and buy patterns from companies that offer extended sizing because well, this is just a great way you know. too, to round that up. Right. You, you yep. feel confident. If you check that, um, that hashtag, you'll get something that you could make yourself. Which is, is so nice. Yeah. Cause I've, I've had a few weeks here lately where I haven't felt, I haven't felt great in the sewing community. Um, because I've had I've had opportunities to reach out and ask people about events that they're holding or sew-alongs they're doing and things like that to say, I, you know, I'd like to be a part of this, but, but when I look historically, I am excluded because nothing you do goes above, say, a 48-inch hip. And um, by and large, the responses have been really unwelcoming. Mm. Um, they've been things that have just said, you know what, occasionally we do it, so just wait for that again and, and things like that. And the reason that they stay that way is because it, it doesn't matter if one fat sewist feels left out. What matters is whether all the straight side sewists are embracing a size limited challenge or a size limited hashtag and things like that. So it's it's felt it's 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 felt harder than usual to try and, and reach out and try and encourage people to extend beyond that. Um, and in the the cases I'm talking about, these are people who have significant followings um, and have the ability to use that influence to extend things and have, have chosen not to and have explicitly said they're okay with the part where they're not inclusive. It's It doesn't bother them. And yeah, so it's been a bit of a bummer. Yeah. And one thing I like about this though, is that it also there's, there's nobody excluded from it, you know, like yep. you, anybody who you can, 
it, she she doesn't just want fat sewists to participate in this. No. And um, the more people that participate, the better it is for everyone because we can find these patterns. I love these hashtags myself because, as you know, I've made a commitment not to buy things that are in size, you know, uh, below my standard of of size limiting, which is the standard of our podcast. And so it's nice to know that, you know, I won't get my hopes up either about these things. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I definitely appreciate, and there, there are a number of straight size sewists who are very visible and their support of um, pattern size extension and, um, and an unwillingness to buy things that fall below their standard. And that's always appreciated because ultimately when you're asking companies or sew along hosts or contest providers to go beyond a straight sizing, the people who have the most impact in that, that ask are the people they're already targeting. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Which are are not me. I am not the target. So so I really appreciate that. I love that contest every year. I hope, I hope, I hope that I decide to sew something that is not self-drafted so I can participate. (laughs) I think you will. I think you will. Okay, guys, I'm really hoping Beverly leaves some clues in here so you know what just happened. But if not, (laughs) she'll have to cut this out too. We got through our description of new patterns and totally forgot the meat of the episode, which is recapping the makes you have made for PF Gender More. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) So we definitely want to talk about that. Um, This month so far, we don't have very many. We do this, we record episodes a bit early now, so we have fewer. And in general, I think we're going to start to just highlight handful or less Whatever we feel like doing is basically what we'll do. But we're going to highlight a few of the makes that people have made for the PF Gender More hashtag. Yeah. So the first one that I'd like to talk about is from Joe Casting Off. I'm going to just read some of what they said in there because it really, I loved it. It says, I navigate this world as a 60-year-old gray-haired short fat lady. Gender has been a difficult concept for me from early on. When I was young, I was a tomboy, not boyish. I was a tomboy, short hair and as masculine clothes as I could manage. Back then I was taunted by adults and kids alike. There was no precedent to present as male or change my pronouns. I suppose if there had been, I would have considered it. My parents were too check out to pay, pay much attention to me. As I approached adulthood and started my career, I was worn down and slowly made changes to allow me to blend in. And they go through how their husband fell in love with them and all their idiosyncrasies. And basically that they, you know, just have grown to understand their own style and their own uh, gender presentation with, with their clothing. And what they've shown is a self-drafted dress that is based, it's a shirt dress. It's very similar to the Pattern Emporium one that we described here, which is a shirt dress with one, I guess it's just one gathered skirt on it, but it's a lovely, lovely skirt and a lovely sentiment. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I agree. And I, I really love the plaid that's been used here as well. I've been very into checks and plaids myself, and I think it's I think it's really lovely. And I appreciate the introspection that went into that post. Um, So great job, uh, Joe casting off. The next one we'd like to talk about is by so underscore sister. And this is the play pants from stocks pattern company, friend of the show, Lindy. And the play pants pattern here is uh, being shown. It's in a black stretch 
twill dead stock, which is a fabulous fabric, of course, to begin with. Um, they are an elastic waist pants with uh, great pockets, and they're noted as a gender neutral pant whose sizing goes up to a 63-inch hip. And the pattern itself includes other garment measurements to help you really get the sizing correct. Um, so they, they look great in them. Um, it is a pant that I've seen quite a few times on the Stocks Pattern Company um, Instagram as well. So if you want to go get other possible views of that, there's a, there's a good path for getting those. Yeah. And what I found in making um, pants for Jim and I out of the same pattern, that mostly what's involved is adjusting the, like the, the, the length of the crotch. Um, and so that's, that's fairly simple to do as we know from, from Ruth Ithaca Maven, the top down center out method of fitting that you can really do a lot Mm -hmm. by just changing the length of the crotch. Yeah. And in the image on uh, our show notes, you'll note that uh, Ithaca Maven has made a comment on the pants by so underscore sister, just saying so good. Yeah. pants, Great design. Absolutely gorgeous. All of which seem to be very true. Yes. Um, Yeah. So the next one we have is from String Thing. And um, I really appreciated this because um, what they're talking about here is um, gendered clothes, the unnecessarily gendered clothing for children. And, And they're right on with that. It says, if you go to your local Target or the equivalent, you will see that children's clothing are divided and there will be very drastic differences in styles colors, fabric quality, and variety of offering. It's more than that the girls section will have dresses. The boys' clothes are cut for more coverage and often have sturdier fabrics. The girls' clothes will have a wider variety of styles and colors. Boys will not be offered soft leggings, and the girls won't have cargo shorts. Even the socks and shoes will be unequal. This is something that I hadn't thought about in a long time because my kids are grown, but but it's very true more even more so for for kids than for adults actually and you know i think about how i was when i was a kid i was you know running around doing stuff and i remember my brother had like tough skin pants or whatever but th- they don't make that kind of sturdiness in girls clothes i i think this is a very interesting uh observation and i'm glad that string thing posted this I agree and I appreciate it. I think I shared on the podcast sometime in the last month or two, my granddaughter, my older granddaughter going out to Sam's Club to buy clothing for back to school. And they tend to prefer like superhero t-shirts and things like this. And having um, having someone walk up to them in the boys section where they were shopping for t-shirts and telling them they were in the wrong section, that these were for boys, these weren't for them, they couldn't have them, they're not for them. And just over and over and over again, which is less of a quality thing and more of a stylistic thing, but it's yeah. but it's shocking the the differences there that it it should be a lot more generic. And I can recall in the 80s when I was uh, shopping in the early 90s as well for my kids, that there were a couple of catalogs that sort of leaned into that idea that that clothing is clothing. And so they would present just pairs of pants and t-shirts in solid colors primarily, or with very simple um, sort of stick figure designs on them, but they weren't, they weren't gendered. You, you just flipped through the catalog and found pants or skirts or shirts or dresses. And they were all, 
just presented as as photographs of equal equal validity for anyone to choose, which was um, a lot more a lot more forward thinking, I think, than I realized at the time. Yeah, um, you don't really see much of that. I, I mean, first of all, you don't see yeah. catalogs, but um, but these days but, we call those websites. Yeah, um. <laughs> right, right, right. I did want to mention one thing before we finish up here, and um, that was that Jeremy from So So Live mentioned that a lot. It, she she mentioned this to me in a private message that a lot of times when we find things that are gendered neutral, they are really or unisex, they're really made for men's bodies. Yep. And they're not, and you mentioned that in, in one of the episodes where you said, um, yeah, I want to see them make a, a jersey for in that's unisex, but based on a woman's body instead of a man's and yep. see how people like it. And it's true. I mean, basically women are expected to wear ill-fitting things if they're going to use something that's, that's, that's unisex, yep. right? Um, it's well, never yeah, ill-fitting on men. It's or, or maybe ill-fitting on both people. Who knows? But in general, um, I think it's it's ill-fitting. I think what what pattern designers have the ability to do is things like um, spokes and stitches, who makes a dynamic and linear fit, so that the same the same style can be made by someone with chest curves and somebody who yeah, doesn't and without. And, yes and so as so as we're able to make our clothes non-gendered fairly you know simply if we have those adjustments to make yeah I agreed it's it's frustrating in the t-shirt realm because oftentimes when you go out to the really popular t-shirt sites like t-public and other places where people upload their own designs um, having uploaded some myself to some of those designs I know that you can, on some sites, select the garments you're going to allow your design to be printed on. And the standard is the unisex t-shirts, which are all men's shirts. Yes. The standard isn't these other fits that are more generous for fat bodies or differently fitted for female bodies or both fat and female and curvy, right? And the the lower neckline for people who who have that sensitivity. I don't know about you, but for me, there isn't a unisex shirt I wear where I'm not always wanting to tug at the front mm -hmm. because they're just they're just not cut. Or just cut in them a way out. That's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, and and I do, but I mean, it's it's very frustrating. So yeah, that's that's something um, I hadn't thought about in a little while. But it is when it happens, it is just annoying. Well, awesome. Okay, Jenny. Um, we've come to the end of our show. That means we need to remind folks that if they enjoy this show and they like us, they can go and um, <laughs> be part of our Patreon where they get an extra episode at the friends with benefits level and above. Yeah. And um, they could also go and rate and review us. They can five stars only. Um, we're happy to take feedback, but the five stars help other sewists find us. And even if we're not quite exactly your jam, and of course we are, um, five stars help other sewists who would find us engaging to, to locate us on podcatchers. So we appreciate it. All right. Well, we will see, see you, you next Tuesday. Tuesday. 
Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art. 